I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week, we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. Welcome back to Written By Podcast, the number one podcast in the world, right behind all the other ones. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing good. Man, it's been a good week, it man. It has been. It's, there's, uh, life has its ups and downs, yeah. and this week has been a big up for me. I don't know about you, but this week has been a ton of fun. Totally. Yeah. The other listeners will have heard about it by now, but as of recording this, this is... Two days after we wrapped on Trouble Date. Man, what a what a fun. We'll talk about it in the updates. You probably already heard about it, but man, what a what a great week. Ah, in other news, I met a 96-year-old woman yesterday. Dude, wow. She was a waitress. Okay. I was like, yo, can't you like retire or something? <laughs> the funny the reason I bring this up is because she kept talking to my table. And uh, she kept saying really funny things. Like at one point, she was like, "She was like everybody. There's this one waitress uh, always asks me if I go home and smoke weed. <laughs> I don't mess with none of that crap. God didn't make me to smoke weed. He made me to make babies. Amen." <laughs> And I was like, uh, water, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, you aren't making any babies at 94, yeah, so you I'm might saying. as well. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. I was like, I was like, why are you still working? She's like, I got nothing better to do. And I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, I, I like that, though. I like that. I think my whole career goal is I once read an article about Martin Scorsese filming silence i think it was andrew garfield talking about him and he was like yeah dude's almost 80 and he's trekking through the mountains whatever foreign country they're in hauling a bunch of equipment he's just got this big smile on him he looks like a little kid it's like man, man that's what i'm trying to be yeah, yeah. i'm not like that now <laughs> how am i expected to be like that when i'm 70 hey you were like that when you were on set <laughs> man i was exhausted <laughs> but I was giving it my all. <laughs> Man, being on set, it, it is simultaneously the most fun you'll have and the most stressed out you'll it, be. Yeah, dude. But I guarantee the moment you look at that footage, like you forget everything. What, dude. I was watching that footage. I forgot how hot it was in there. <laughs> it was so hot, man. And and I, I felt bad after I left because I was like, what a great day. And I was like, I hope I didn't complain about the heat too much. <laughs> but, I mean, we all were, man. It was hot. That, that's the one thing, kids, they don't tell you about they, film sets. They don't tell you, man. Yeah, because you can't have air condition because air condition makes noise, and noise ruins the sound. So any shoot you're on with it's sound, be hot. the AC is off. And, and if shoot during the winter, I guess. Yeah, and you got like 15-plus people, if In not a little more room. than that. Yeah. Dude, we kept bringing this up on set, or I kept bringing it up, but we kept talking about it. It was like, do these giant studios like the big giant like uh sound stages what do they do Are, is brad pitt burning up like this <laughs> and i guess he is yeah i don't know uh somebody i can't remember who it was they were like i don't know man they probably have just like quiet air conditioning and i was like <laughs> i guess <Maybe. laughs> 
Guys, welcome back. Uh, it's Rival Pitches Week. Yes, Rival Pitches Week. And we finally <laughs> get to do the Rival Pitches that we were supposed to record last week. But uh, somebody, I'm not going to name names, messed it up. I'll give you a hint. It's who always messes up. <laughs> What's rival pitches this week, Chase? Yeah, buddy cop. Yes. Now this this was a you suggestion. This was. I don't remember why. It just seems like a very staple genre. Yeah. That we haven't covered yet. I think so. Uh, giving a little insight into mine. Mine is actually an idea that I pitched on a from the bowl episode. Really? A few weeks ago oh, wow. that we didn't go with. And I was okay. like, I still like the idea. And so I wrote it as a feature. I'm excited now. Yeah. I can't wait. I was talking to, I know we've been talking a little bit much on the intro here, but I was talking to uh, my girlfriend, Elizabeth, before I got here. And she was like, so how does the work? Do you, like, do you know what Robert's going to do? And I was like, nah, man, we have no idea. We just know buddy cop movie. Yeah. And we're hearing it for the first time here. I'm very excited to hear yours. Yeah. Especially how much you've been hyping it up the past two years. <laughs> I have not been hyping it up the <laughs> hey past man, two Robert weeks. said this is his best pitch. And <laughs> if it's anything less than than perfect, he he owes everybody who listens a Chick-fil-A gift card. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what I said was I'm busy on this short film. This might be a wash. We'll see. <laughs> nah, I think I think I got a fun idea, but it is your week to go first. So Yes, I'm I'm really excited about mine. Not to hype mine up actually, but I am very excited because I'm a big fan of, of the idea. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's do it. Woo! I'm a president at Universal or Warner Brothers or whatever. Yeah, I think this one, this one I think would be going to someone like uh, maybe uh, maybe DreamWorks. Okay. Okay. Maybe, uh, All right. maybe Warner Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. It could be an animated thing. It could be live action. I don't know. I haven't put that much thought into it. We open. We see the police chief. He's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Love it already. <laughs> He's in his office in the police department. The shades are drawn so that there's no sunlight coming in because, you know, obviously that would be a problem. He looks stressed out by a case. He's got a folder in his lap, and it's got a black and white photo of a courtroom. The camera zooms in on the black and white photo until we are in the flashback of the photo. We're in the courtroom. All of it's in black and white. So that way you guys know it's a flashback. We see a human being on the stand, and he's in an orange jumpsuit. The judge is beside him. He hits the gavel. The judge is a mummy. <laughs> and he's like, John Smith is found guilty of murder. Attempted murder, assault with the conspiracy of murder, and he's going on and on and on, and uh, he's going through all the various charges, and we're slow, like, while we're hearing the judge's voice going through all of these verdicts, we're pushing in slowly on John Smith's face. He's the human being. That's the most human name, John Smith. And he's just getting angrier and angrier as the verdicts are being called, and we're pushing in closer and closer, and then all we hear is the judge say, he is sentenced to death. 
and he just loses it. Ah! And he's like foaming at the mouth, and, and he and he's goes on this anger-filled rant, and he's like, if you kill me, mark my words, you freaks, I will come back from the dead, and I will kill you. And he points at the judge. You. And he points at the head of the jury and all the jury members, and he goes, and you. And he points at the police chief, the vampire, who's sitting in the front row. And you hear the gavel going, order, 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 order. And the chief snaps out of the flashback to the sound of his assistant standing in the office going, order, order. What? I said, what's your, your lunch order, sir? Uh, by the way, the assistant is a human. It's a uh, dope transition, by the thank way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, oh, or, hold on. Let me do my vampire voice. <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. I want to suck your blood. Yeah, okay. Oh, double cheeseburger. No onions. Blah, blah, blah. Get it? Because he's a vampire. No onions. <laughs> is, uh, I wrote this uh, in the mindset of like uh, a Lord and Miller movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so this is like, what's the matter, sir? He's like, do you remember the human serial killer? That, uh, that case from six months ago? She's like, of course. He killed over 10 women. That guy was a monster. The joke being he was a human and they are monsters. <laughs> I'm going to keep explaining all these jokes, guys. <laughs> That's how you know they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the vampire's like, oh, he threatened a few people in the room that day. And, and he's saying if he was executed, he would come back and get revenge. And she's like, how ridiculous. Everyone knows humans can't come back from the dead. I know, but... The worrisome part is that last night, Judge Tut was found dead in his home. He was killed in the same way as those women that, was, that were killed by John Smith. Well, it must be a coincidence. I don't know, Greta. I got a bad feeling about this one. Maybe I should activate Plan B. Plan B? Sir, are you crazy? Maybe. Maybe not. Send for Ned for me. But sir, Plan B usually ends with the... <laughs> plan B usually ends with destruction all over the whole city. The mayor will threaten to fire you at least once and don't even mention the amount of money and ammo we'll spend. I said send for Ned. Yes, sir. And she leaves and the chief takes off his monocle. Not his glasses because he's a vampire. <laughs> and he rubs his eyes and he's tired and he's stressed. And the door opens again. And an invisible man wearing a suit and a badge around his neck. He walks in and he sits down. And he's like, you called, chief? And he's like, thank you for coming, Ned. I have reason to believe that my life is in danger. My vampire voice has changed. Now he's like the deep grizzled police chief, okay. by the way, guys. Don't get yeah. confused. <laughs> I believe that my life is in danger. Oh, God, is it, is, it, is it something I can do to help? Yeah, actually, there is. I'm activating Plan B with you. No, no, sir, please. I, I'm six months from retirement. Exactly. That's why it's got to be you. But, sir, I've worked my ass off my whole career completely by the book. I've never had a single complaint ever made about me. All of my paperwork is due efficiently and on time. 
I've never missed a, a, a due date. And then he realizes what he just said, and he's like, oh, I see. It has to be me. And the chief nods. And, you know, and then Ned, his, uh, his name's Ned Visible, Invisible. <laughs> the Invisible Cop. Um, and he goes, well, okay then. Who are you bringing in to be my new partner? And we hard cut to an intense gunfight in a dark warehouse. We see a werewolf, and he's in a dope leather jacket. And he's got his badge around his neck like a necklace, and it's like a gold chain. And uh, he jumps behind some boxes as an explosion blows up where he was just standing. And he's reloading his guns, and he looks up at his partner, who's Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Jeff Goldblum's The Fly is like, Wolfie, you're the most reckless, dangerous cop this town's ever seen. A loose cannon who's never played by the rules and does not belong in this department. If we survive this, you're getting transferred. And Wolfie cocks his gun and he goes, chick, chick. that's a big if, fly boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he jumps up and he starts firing his weapon. He's like, and then the title uh, drops in, Plan B, Buddy Cop. Guys, my movie is a buddy cop movie where it's like this meta thing where it's like he's activating plan B, which is the buddy cop initiative. They know all the tropes and they're going to play it to the book so that, it, so that way they can uh, save the day. So after the title card, Wolfie throws open the front door of his new department. This, uh, the song Werewolves of London is playing as we see him walking in with slow motion. He's walking into the station. He pulls out a stick of gum, puts it in his mouth, tosses the wrapper all the way across the room, and it's headed towards the trash can, and everyone in the room is watching in slow motion as this gum wrapper flies across the room. And just as it is about to go into the trash can, blam, Wolfie shoots it out of the air, and then he blows on the top of his pistol. <laughs> Cause that's what that's what bad wolves do, and um, and then he's walking past. He sees a werewolf receptionist. He winks at her, and then he opens up the chief's door, and he sits down beside Ned Visible, the Invisible Man. The chief's like, Shane Wolfie, this is Ned Visible, your new partner. And um, he tosses the case file on the desk. You two are gonna try to get to the bottom of this. It might be a false alarm, but if this guy really has come back from the dead, myself and a whole jury of people are, are in danger. We're on it, Chief. He's like, thank you, Ned. Any questions, Wolfie? And Wolfie says, yeah, what's your ammo budget? <laughs> Guys, I'm full of, <laughs> man, I could write this whole movie. <laughs> this is all, probably going to be the next thing I write. You got all the one-liners. Bruh. <laughs> um, some quick bullet points of, of some next uh, plot points. Uh, so they visit the crime scene of the judge's murder, uh, and they think, okay, maybe it's a friend of John Smith's uh, from Humans Against Monsters Association, HAMA. A little, a little similar to MAGA. <laughs> it was on purpose. <laughs> uh, it's a terrorist group um, who just hates monsters, and, and uh, John Smith had, had ties to them. And uh, so they follow some leads, um, and 
they're, you know, the whole time that they're kind of doing this, their differences, you know, one's very by the book, one's very off the handle. Uh, their differences are making their relationship difficult, but that's to be expected in a buddy cop. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, they visit the house that it's rumored to be the Hama hideout, the Humans Against Monsters Association hideout. And, uh, and Ned visible, Ned's like, he's like, Wolfie, we don't have a warrant. We, we can't just go in there. And he's like, you're invisible, Ned. No one's going to know. <laughs> just go in and check it out. And so Ned, you know, they, they go back and forth. And he's like, ah, oh, fine. And so Ned strips down and he goes inside. And while he's inside, he's overhearing a ton of stuff. Uh, because dudes are everywhere. The, the, the house is full of all these hammer dudes. They're all humans. Uh, and they're just about to reveal some really important information to John Smith. Like the whole conversation is leading to what they need. And just as they're about to give the information, all they, all you hear is, Arr! and then breaking glass. Wolfie has jumped in <laughs> through the window, guns a blazing, and just, and he's like, "Where's John?" And it, re it results in a huge gunfight. They're they're fighting like it's out of the house now. They're in the whole street in this neighborhood, and uh, Wolfie and Ned are in this shootout with all these hammer dudes. They get away. But Ned, uh, uh, so they get away, they're back at the police station, Ned storms into the chief's office, I can't work with him. The case was almost, it, it would be done already. They were about to say everything that we needed, but he busted in. And he's like, I'm sorry, chief, I got bored. I was waiting outside, it was too boring, it was taking too long. And the chief is yelling at him, and he's like, you, uh, you turned a nice neighborhood into a war zone. The mayor's been calling me off the hook already to know... Uh, he wants to to bust you guys, and and I, <laughs> you busted in the house without a warrant. If this happens again, I'll have your badges. And he's like, it won't happen again, Chief. And Ned nods along. He's like, yeah, it won't happen again. And they leave. And the Chief watches them leave, and a single tear comes out of his eye, and he wipes it. He's like, they're doing a great job. Plan B's going going great. <laughs> um. So what Ned actually did hear before uh, Wolfie came in and interrupted it, uh, they, they did hear some stuff. So it leads them to believe uh, that it could actually be John. The way that they were talking, it wasn't like someone else was doing this for John to help him get his revenge after he died. Like, they really seem to think that John is back from the dead. Um, and so they go to the graveyard where John Smith was buried, and they're digging him up, uh, and they're digging up the grave, because they're like, well, if he's if he's out of he's back from life, he must not be in the coffin or whatever. And so they're kind of talking while they're digging this grave up, uh, and that's when they start to learn about each other. This is the part of the buddy cop movie where they find out they're not so different after all. Yeah. And uh, we learn that you know Ned's retiring early; he's not that old, uh, and it's because his wife's gonna leave him because he works too much. Hmm. Um, and Wolfie's dad was killed in the line of duty. He was a cop and. He wants to find out who did it, no matter the cost. And that's why he's always guns a-blazing. They get to the grave. They get the casket out. They open it. It's empty. They look at each other dramatically. And then Ned's phone rings. It's the chief. Something's not right, boys. Get to my home ASAP. And they show up at the chief's house. The door is already kind of cracked open. So that Wolfie just busts in, but Ned was going to knock, you know, their differences. Mm -hmm. It's a buddy cop movie. 
they see a resurrected John Smith standing over the chief's body, and a gunfight ensues once again. This time, John gets away. Ned and Wolfie kind of win the gunfight, and they're, they're, they're knelt down beside the chief, and the chief's dying, and he's got his, his last words. He's like, protect the jury, and remember the number one rule in plan B. And then he dies. <laughs> and Wolfie's like, what's the number one rule? And Ned's like, I don't know. So now that they know that he is back from the dead, they got to figure out how. Humans aren't able to come back from the dead. That's not how human beings work. And so they, they start, um, this is you know a, a large majority of Act 2. This is right mm-hmm. after the, the kind of the midpoint where the chief dies. And so they're visiting witches, wizards, ghosts, like all of the people that they know about, that would know about resurrecting from the dead. And they all say the same thing. Humans can't come back from the dead. It's impossible. It's not how it works. And Wolfie's like, well, maybe he isn't human. And it's like, well, then what is he? So they end up going to meet a shady sorcerer downtown. And it's real gritty and gray. And, and they find him in a shop hidden down a dark alleyway. And... um and he gives them a tip. Like, this is a part in the Buddy Cop movie where they find, like, a rat, an informant. And um, in this case, the rat is an actual rat. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> okay, so they're trying to get some info on John Smith. Um, but while they're trying to get... Oh, it, uh, it leads them to... Uh, so this, this rat leads them to Chinatown, this kind of criminal underground, like, uh, club where they can get in, and, and it's like a poker game. And it's all a bunch of criminals. They know everything that's going on around town. So they get there, and they're there, and they're trying to figure out some info about John Smith while they're playing cards. Uh, but someone mentions Wolfie's father, the one that died in, 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 um, in the line of duty. And so he loses his cool, and he keeps trying to get some more info about his dad. It completely blows their cover because it's super obvious. And so, uh, of course, another gunfight takes place in this gritty poker game. Um, they're, they're shooting out the fight. After the fight, Ned and Wolfie, they start fighting. They're in a big argument. And, and, um, and, and Ned is like, the chief was like a father to me. And you keep ruining the investigation with your, with your impossible temper. Like, I, I can't work with you. And he's like, my father was like a father to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy knew who killed my dad. I needed to find out who killed my dad. And so they, they split up. They can't work together anymore. They go their separate ways. Wolfie's going to go investigate his father's death because now he's got a new lead to try to figure out who killed his dad. And, and Ned decides, you know what? The chief's dead. There's nobody here to kind of convince him to go back to Wolfie. He's like, I'm retiring. I'm, going, I'm retiring now. So we see Wolfie. Wolfie's off on his own. He's investigating his father's death. And while he's learning about, like, he's investigating his father's death, he actually ends up learning about John Smith's plan to kill the jury members. Um, and, and in this same conversation he's having where he learns like, oh no, John Smith's about to kill all of the jury members. He also learns that his father's killer is, um, uh, so, is someone named Stein. And, um, and no one has seen Stein ever. Like he's just one of those like mob bosses, like the kingpin that you hear the name Stein, but no one's ever seen Stein. And he has a decision to make, right? He's like, 
I need to go after this Stein guy, but all these jury members are going to die. And so he goes back to Ned. He goes to Ned's house. He knocks on the door, and he's, he's trying to convince him to help stop John Smith, kill these jurors. And Ned's reluctant, but after a while, he's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll, I'll help. And um, so it leads us to our big finale, our big climax battle with Wolfie and Ned working together as a great team, and not just a great team, but more importantly, as friends. Their differences don't matter. They're great at kicking ass. And the fight ends with just Wolfie, Ned, and John Smith in this kind of basement. And it looks like a mad scientist's lab. And Wolfie's like, you know, they got him at gunpoint now. Like, it's over. Wolfie's got him. And he's like, how'd you come back to life? And John Smith says, I don't know. Ask the doctor. Wolfie's like, what doctor? And then Ned turns his gun to Wolfie. And we learn that Ned Visible's real name is Dr. Stein. The reason no one's ever heard of Stein is, no one's seen Stein is because he's the invisible man. Uh, and, and he's invisible because of an experiment gone wrong. And his backstory was that um, his wife did want to leave him. That was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not because he worked too much. It was because he's evil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah. puts a damper on the relationship. And Wolfie says, Stein? Stein's the man that killed my father. And he's like, yeah, he tried to upend my, he tried to upend my operation. I had to kill him. And Wolfie's like, but it, it's plan B. We're supposed to end up lifelong friends for the sequel. And he's like, not this time. Bang! John Smith got shot in the head. What? Huh? It's one of those fake outs where you think Wolfie's going to get shot. Yeah, you know what's up. Uh, John Smith got shot in the head and he drops to the ground. And Wolfie jumps into action. He, he tackles out uh, Ned, a.k.a. Dr. Stein's gun, out of his hand. Pins him against the wall with the gun. And they look over and they see the chief secretary. She's got a sniper on the building across the street. And she shot right through the, the window like the little window leading down into the yeah. basement. Like she's a crack shot. Like it was perfectly planned. And Wolfie goes, remember the number one plan of the number one rule of plan B. And we kind of flash back and we mm-hmm. see the, the uh, chief be like, remember the number one rule of plan B. And Wolfie goes, it's always a double cross. And he puts him in cuffs and he's carrying him out of this lab. It's in slow motion. Werewolves of London is playing again. We see all of the police and the citizens are clapping for Wolfie as he walks in slow motion to the police car where he puts Ned Visible, a.k.a. Stein, into the back of a cop car. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Plan B, Buddy Cop. Nice. Nice. Guys, that's the hardest I've worked on one of these. All right, I got... I got a few questions and things. Just since you're like, yo, this is the thing I want to write. Yeah. A few questions. The the first thing, I think if you were if you were gonna like show this to anyone, the massive elephant in the room. Oh no! Don't is, blow a hole in this. Is the movie Bright? Oh, is that the Netflix movie with Will Smith? Yeah. Is that the same thing? It 
it's not exactly the same, but it is. It's a buddy cop movie that takes place in a fantasy world with fantasy characters. Man. <laughs> that sucks. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> it's not. It's not to say that like that idea doesn't work because there's room for it. But I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, nah. I definitely would. Yeah. Just to <laughs> Man. Check out what's going on, because also there is there is like a witch in the center of all that. I don't Man. remember that much of it, but well, that's okay. <laughs> it works for this episode. <laughs> I will say you could at least you could at least stay away from awful lines like uh, "Fairy Lives Matter" or whatever. Was that in it? Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh man, I thought my my jokes were bad on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually don't publicly vlog bad movies but the dude that wrote that movie is legit not a great person so oh uh, that movie was directed by a um, dude that did suicide Squad, yes the first it was Squad. yeah is he the one did he write it no max oh. landis wrote it oh i do know max landis. yeah yeah he is not a good person nope <laughs> no not at all uh-huh man but yeah okay uh definitely check out bright before you look into this project more. It's not yeah. to say that like you can't do it, but like you've got to you got to find ways to differentiate yeah. yourself. Man, do they do the meta thing where they they play on all of the the buddy cop tropes? So of course a little. Like the conceit of the movie is definitely buddy cop, but there are orcs and witches and whatever. <laughs> Dang. Oh well. But yours is better. I mean, I think so, but it's not Max Landis. He said it, not me. <laughs> it's not the loudmouth and nepotism baby out here abusing women. Yeah, dude, man. I first heard about Landis. He actually did like a wrestling project. Oh, you would know him because of that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's how I knew him um, before I even really got into to film and stuff. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I would also like what what do you see as the central character relationship between the two the two buddy cops? Oh, for for what I just said? Yeah. It, it what what do you mean? Like the relationship? Yeah, just the simple like how does it transform through the whole movie? I mean, it it it's really just kind of like a satire of of buddy cop movies. So it's really like that base level of like they're complete opposites. Yeah. But they're not so different after all. You know, they learn about uh-huh. each other's home lives and they understand each other. It's like yeah. Bad Boys and all those movies. And so it's really simple. Um, the the twist being typically at the end of a buddy cop movie, it's the police chief who does it. Yeah. And the, the two buddy cops, they're, they get like four more movies together. Yeah. Uh, and so the twist is that it was actually one of the, the buddy cop partners. Yeah. I do, I like that twist a lot. I like the twist a lot. That's probably my favorite part of it. You would probably need to dig a little more into the relationship just for the rest of the movie because buddy cop is such an established thing. There have already not only been a lot of buddy cop movies, but there have been a lot of meta Meta buddy buddy cop cop movies movies. about the concept of a buddy cop. You ever seen the other, is it, not the other guys. Yeah, is it the other guy? It's uh, like Ryan uh, Gosling. Will Ferrell and... No, 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 that's the, yeah, I'm saying the the wrong one. What's the other one? It's got like Ryan Gosling. Oh, the nice guys. Nice guys. Yeah. I've never seen that, but is that kind of similar? It looks like a meta buddy cop movie. Sort of, sort of. It's like, 
it's a buddy cop movie the way Logan is a Western, I would say. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't watch that movie. Yeah. But yeah, like the other guys, though. The Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something there. Also, I think you could really be digging more into the fact that they're mythical creatures. When you, <laughs> when you recount that outline... I almost forget that they're monsters, yeah, which could be the point. But also, if you're going to make the monsters, you might as well have just, a double yeah. down on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so there's I, a lot of fun to be had there. I made the monsters um, with the intent of like it kind of being like you don't you, you forget that they're monsters. But I made yeah. the monsters just to play with the ploy of like humans don't come back to life. Yeah. Um, so that way I could introduce like the Frankenstein's monster kind of aspect. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I uh, agree. I guess, yeah, the one thing I'm getting at is I think definitely mythical buddy cop movie. It's a great idea. There's room for it. Yeah. Especially because Bright had so much potential and then it and was so bad. The yeah. yeah, I honestly like would love to see that a whole lot. It's just if you're... In 2022, if you're going to make a satire about Buddy Cop, there it's has to be, really there's got to be, be yeah. one additional thing, like some, something about the characters that, you know, it's, it, it's saying a little something else other than is it, aren't Buddy Cop movies weird? Which I think the, the central relationship of the, the one Buddy Cop ending up betraying him or being the bad guy, I would, yeah, I would start from there and work your way backwards. backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just see what, what interesting situations you could draw from that. I think if you do that, then you'll have something. Word. Yeah. Nice man. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's hear Robert's buddy. Oh, all right. I'm really excited to hear this guys. He's been hyping it. <laughs> no, up, I have man. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Robert has connected his phone to the Bluetooth. <laughs> Which is always a good sign. Okay. So, oh, these are my feature notes. Let's find the other. Okay. Yeah, it's not time for you to brag. <laughs> okay. So, when I texted you and I was like, hey, <laughs> what should we do for the next rival pitch? And you said, buddy cops. I was like, that's a great idea. In the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not too into that. <laughs> but you know what? It's such a staple genre. I'm going to do it. And also, I know I know that like we've done ones that I've been more into than you. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. do that. Yeah. Hey, man, we, we make sacrifices. Exactly. Because <laughs> I know at some point we're going to have to do a Star Wars episode. So. <laughs> and I, you know what? I'm going to watch Star Wars. Okay. I am. I'm nice. going to get through all of them. Nice. I'm going to watch the shows. The new Obi-Wan Kenobi show people are raving about. You're just going to be a hermit for like a month just yeah, watching dude. Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have, I don't know how I'm going to have the time, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. Uh -huh. And then we're going to do a Star Wars episode. Yeah. But I think my, uh, going into this, I'm just trying to find an in to the buddy cop genre. Because mm -hmm. I think why I'm so unenthused with it is that, like, what is there left to do? with the genre because we've had the serious version of buddy cops yep. the ones that made it established it as a genre mm -hmm. we've beat those to death yeah and then we've had a lot of self-aware comedic takedowns of the genre rush hour hot fuzz hot fuzz 21 jump street 
the other guys, the nice guys. Yeah. Rush out. Yeah. All those movies are. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Poking fun at the buddy cops. <laughs> <laughs> and so now the concept of making fun of buddy cops in itself can dip into cliche if you don't do it right. So. Oh, snap. Are you going super meta dog? <laughs> yeah. Well, we. <laughs> Man, I even have in my notes, we've had Fantasy Buddy Cop. We've had Space Dang Buddy it. Cop. My Pink Panther pitch was, was a Buddy, buddy co- Cop. It was, yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah, so even I have already done Buddy oh, Cop. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> so where is where else is there to go? <laughs> the final frontier there for Buddy Cop. There is one final frontier, the one that hasn't been done well yet, and that is musical. <laughs> You never fail me, Robert. You <laughs> so, never fail. Reason I see reason I say this <laughs> is again with every buddy cop thing, this has been attempted before. Has it? The buddy cop musical has been attempted. In nineteen ninety, there was a little show called Cop Rock. Cop Rock? Yes. I've never heard of Cop Rock. The idea of it is that you mix a procedural cop show like a law and order type yeah. thing with a musical and the show was a critical and commercial flop. And you look at it for two seconds and you're like, okay. I can see why. The two demographics, <laughs> police, theater kids. They don't Of mesh. course they don't mesh together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the prevailing question throughout this whole series was just, who is this for? Who needs it? Also, it didn't help that the songs were tragically underwritten. The plots in and of themselves were just so typical of the genre. You might as well just watch SVU. It's from 1990. Yes. So it only ran for a few seasons. Or not a few seasons, a few episodes. Got canceled after yeah, its did first a, season. Yeah, 11 episodes. I'm going to play you a little bit of a song oh, called yeah. <laughs> from Cop Rock. Just so is it a theme song? An idea. Or is it just a song? <laughs> <laughs> Item 7. Item 7, November 29, 3 p.m. Conflict resolution seminar in this room. Attendance we mandatory. Cut out whatever takes too long. I'm enjoying it, but yeah, I can't. You got a conflict with that? Uh, here, I'll show you. Yeah, I do. It's resolved. You're going. <laughs> Item 8, Officer Quinn returns to active duty roster tomorrow. So, Jaeger, you'll ride with Ceruto. Oh, Lieutenant, give me a break. Jaeger's got yak breath. I can't ride with you. <laughs> so, wear a gas mask. Item last, on the teletype, we still got the Franklin Avenue Flasher. Struck at two outdoor weddings and a school picnic so far this month. Male cock, 6'3", look for tattoos in unusual places. Okay, that's it. And hey, hey, let's be careful out there. Let's be careful out there. I wish y'all could see Chase's face right now. (laughs) We had a 187 at the 7 11 on the corner of 4th and Main. Two Caucasians of the male persuasion for the full of cashier's brain. Oh my god! Miscellaneous crime. I'm a summer right here. I'm How summer did that right get here. canceled? That's amazing. <laughs> it, uh, I think I'm the demographic for that show. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Are they all I've on been, YouTube? 
all the songs are on YouTube, and you could still buy the DVDs. Oh, snap. Hey, written by fans, uh, send me money, and I'm going to buy these DVDs. But there, there are so many. The, the real reason Cop Rock failed is it lends itself so much to wacky parody, but it wanted to be taken seriously. So there are a lot of moments, like there is a courtroom song where the jury, like, ends up putting on choir robes and sings yeah. like in choir formation. There's a scene where they go arrest some people in the hood. And of course the people in the hood are rapping and it's kind of racially coded. Oh no, and but it still sounds dope. I will, I will play, I will play a little of the strangest song. Oh, man. This one goes on for full three minutes. It's about them arresting someone that kidnaps children. Oh. <laughs> oh, he does look like he kidnaps children. No. A little package in a pink or blue. All depends on who you're talking to. Don't you worry about a thing, cause you know I got the goods for you. I'm in love with this show. <laughs> I'm I'm The city gives you such a run around. Uh. Those bits of pushes only put you down. Muncher. <laughs> oh my god i see yes. but i see the problem right if you guys right I, I, we're gonna um we're gonna put clips on yeah. instagram the problem is they're playing it so straight exactly if you yeah. put um martin short yep, yep in that role exactly oh my god see that that's what i'm getting at like i'm the baby <laughs> muncher see they are Tot sorrows. <laughs> they have, again the reason this show failed, those lines are delivered completely seriously, are meant to be taken 100% seriously. Oh, I'm in love with Some this genius show. in a writer's room came up Gosh, with Tata R. Russ and was like, oh, this is going to win an Emmy. Robert, <laughs> even on the weeks that you were like, hey, I didn't have time to work on anything, you're going to win, man. <laughs> well, see, this is, this is my whole thing. Since I didn't have that much time to work on this, it's like, okay, we're just going to do Cop Rock, but right. <laughs> we're gonna Dude. <laughs> You won. I worked so hard and you played two songs that you didn't even write and you won. So we're, we're going to resurrect the idea of cop rock, but this time around it's a 21 jump street style riff on how ridiculous the premise itself is. So we're doing a musical cop movie, but we're being clear that we're laughing at the idea, not with it. Man, I want nothing more in life than to make this movie. <laughs> so, the baby bush. <laughs> also, right. okay, so All right. this got popularized recently because of. Okay, this is how I know. This is how I know this writer's room. All they do is just lift stuff from Twitter because mm -hmm. I, I found Cop Rock on a popular Twitter thread. Okay. And then about one or two weeks later, it's a central part of a Last Week Tonight episode. Really? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, 
someone in that writer's room saw that Twitter just thread. saw that Twitter thread, took all the credit for that. But even though, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, dude, the real ones are on Twitter. <laughs> of course they are, man. Twitter's where it's at. But okay, so and you can follow written by Twitter at written by Pod. <laughs> so trying to think about how to make a satisfying, funny musical, the end all be all of comedy musicals is book of mormon yeah and so for sure i want to i want to go into this with like the book of mormon frame of reference okay so we're basically (laughs) the book of mormon stars a character he feels like it's a dude with a savior complex he feels like he's god's special chosen little boy and he's got to spread mormonism (laughs) and so similarly you know, in a position of a police officer, you're bound to attract people with the savior complex as well. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we open on our two cops, Lance and Glenn. So solid cop names. Yep. (laughs) Both very white names. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Lance, uh, he has had a dream of being a cop since he was a little kid, but he grew up in a family of dancers, and they were like, "You, you gotta dance. You can't be out of here. Be one of these pigs. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be a dancer." <laughs> and he's like, "No, Dad, I just want to go to police academy." <laughs> that was really funny. But anyway, so he rebelled against his family to become a police officer, and then the other cop was, you know, he's just a dude that wasn't great at school and he didn't want an office job and so this is you know mm. a thing someone who doesn't have good grades could apply themselves to and you know yeah, they're yeah. on their feet all day and yeah, the police <laughs> <laughs> so these two people are considered some of the worst cops which is why they're always put on traffic duty so the title is going to be something like traffic cops or something mm-hmm. so we open on a big opening number about these two cops just walking around giving people parking tickets like people parked on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and then they're like directing traffic for a big thing because that's also a big thing thing directing a lot of traffic (laughs) and so we're getting this song it's the classic kind of i want song where it's like Actually, no, that would come later. But this is the classic establishing song of this is who I am. Yeah. I'm a police officer. I'm going to save the world. But, of course, everyone's like, hey, you gave me a ticket or whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, hey. And, of course, since they're directing traffic at a big event, that lends itself to a really great number where they got those little light-up batons. And they're waving them around oh, and so dancing cool. with them. Yeah. And they're standing on top of cars. But then throughout the whole time, they're performing the song, just a massive traffic jam is backing up. And, of course, everyone's honking, and you could, like, time the honking to the to music the or whatever. Oh, yeah, man. God. I'll never win. <laughs> but anyway, what, what we get from that song is that these two people want to be cops this one person really wants to be a hero but they're stuck being traffic cops so they're reporting for duty they're bored and back at the forest they're having a meeting about how hey it's the end of the month we're low on our budget we got to be getting more tickets or whatever you guys got a lot to do yeah so the two of them are in a car together I don't, I don't, I don't think traffic cops typically go in pairs, but we're gonna, we're just gonna slide right by that. <laughs> I, I, I think they do. Yeah, so my girlfriend works in events, and there's always they, they okay. work in pairs. Nice, yeah. nice. So anyway, these two cops are driving down the highway together, looking for people to pull over, and we're getting the whole conversation's last song about how man, there's got to be more to police work than this. This is the <laughs> I want song. She's like, I just, I want to be a hero. 
I want to be like all the great cops. I want to stop big crime. I want to take down bad guys. Oh man, you know what would be so funny <laughs> is that like all the great cops he wants to be like are these terrible, <laughs> terrible cops who like <laughs> killed innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, at the end of the song, they see someone that's speeding a little bit and they pull them over and it's a sketchy looking van. They pull the car over. They're like, getting their laptop and stuff ready in there to like take down information then a door opens and a dude just takes off running oh. he's like oh, we got a runner and they like finally got some action they never see some action so this dude of course springs to action he's like running real fast like tom cruise style and we get we get a foot chase and of course there's a foot chase song which is of course you know, just like the cop rock stuff, it's just something simple. Like, I'm like, on foot chase, running, 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 running. Gotta catch him. <laughs> gonna get him. This is my moment to show what I can do. Not yeah. gonna be doing traffic anymore. <laughs> See, you need to write this, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, we was make it. <laughs> so during the chase, where we're getting a full. He's just going crazy. He's lived for this moment. He's prepared for this moment. This whole life. I don't. <laughs> I don't mean to like <laughs> pick on this dude, but there was a dude in my high school. He dropped out of high school to be a fireman. Yeah, yeah, I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. One day he came back to visit. He drove the fire truck. He oh, was like fine. off duty. He visited all of us. We were talking outside during lunch. But then he gets a call. He's got to go somewhere. And this dude, he makes the biggest deal out of running to that truck i swear that like his arms are flailing in the air he's like i gotta go i gotta go and of course like he's running full speed but somehow also fast. running slow motion you know it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah he's trying to be an action hero this is the attitude this dude and of course like he's got his gun out he's just shooting every which way <laughs> to he's the beat. knocking over things and bumping into pedestrians <laughs> Oh, but man. anyway, after all this hullabaloo, the dude still gets away. And the more experienced cops and detectives come in and they're like, you went a little hard on this, but I guess you'll let him get away. Well, we'll you know, one of the big boys will take over for you. Oh, dang. One of the big boys. But then Lance looks down and he sees that the dude has dropped something and it's a keychain of some sort. And he tries to point out to the detectives, they don't think it's important or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, rookie or whatever that, you know, let this guy go. I'm going to listen to you. So he's talking to Glenn. He's like, hey, this is a clue. And he convinces Glenn to investigate with him off duty. So we find out that he recognizes the keychain because he had pulled someone over a little earlier that had the same keychain, a very uh -oh. distinctive keychain. And of course he remembers that because the dude made a big fuss about being pulled over or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, his traffic cop knowledge is coming <laughs> into play. <laughs> and so they go on a stakeout. And, of course, they're going to draw this out with, like, a five-minute stakeout song. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Or on a stakeout. On a stakeout. And you get, like... It just be like... It's like... You hear, like, the mute... The, like, an yeah. organ. And it's like... Dunna. Na -na, na -na. And I would say this is this is basically a theatrical version of like the Yang Twins Whispering song. They gotta be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's good. Na -na, na -na. Hurry up and wait. Na -na, na -na. And don't you dare be late. Na -na, na -na. <laughs> so yeah, you know, they got the address from tracking the dude he pulled over. They're sticking out his place and they see 
they see some people walking in. And basically they figure out that the dude who did this is connected to like a big drug organization. And the dude at the top, really bad dude, the department's been trying to get for years. Like he's killed a lot of people, killed a lot of their guys, killed a lot of innocent guys. Yeah. It's like, hey, if we took down this dude, where we would be we would be the best cops in the world they couldn't tell us nothing <laughs> i could be the chief in like three years <laughs> and of course glenn's not that into it but lance is convincing him to do it yeah and so the crux of the movie is they're trying to go undercover and take down these people from the inside on top of being average traffic cops because they can't <laughs> They can't just like let go of all their responsibilities or people will get suspicious. And so the comedy comes from trying to balance the two worlds. And so they're actually trying to get inside the gang. They pose as like some drug dealers that have a supply of whatever drug they want and they mm -hmm. want to do business. And of course, there's the long process of earning their trust or whatever. And you, throughout the film, there start to be moments where they're out in the street giving out tickets and then they see someone that would recognize them and they gotta like look away or whatever. And then the midpoint would be that they're talking about how great this is going, about how they're so close to being on the inside and taking this guy down. Mm -hmm. And they see someone speeding, they pull him over, dude rolls the window down and it's, it's one of the main dudes at the drug organization. Oh, snap. <laughs> and he instantly is like, huh? You look familiar. And he's like, uh, no, no, we, d I get that a lot. I got a really common looking face, you know? <laughs> and they're Who, trying me? to, yeah. Not me. They're trying their best to play it off. And of course, the, the drug dude in the car isn't necessarily giving away that he knows who they are. So it's a really tense situation. They don't know what's going on. We could break out in the song at some point, you know? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. But they think that they have him fooled. And it's like, hey, we're just going to let you off with a warning, dude. You, just, you seem like a chill guy, you know? Maybe just you forget you ever got pulled over, you know? It's, it's like it never happened, you know? It's like, oh, sure. Yeah, it is. You just want me to forget about it? Yeah, forget <laughs> about it. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> but then he notices, oh, no, he's sneaking to get his gun out. And so... There ends up being a big chase. And so now they got to chase this dude before he's about to go rat on them. Oh, and they end no. up killing him. Oh. And then all of a sudden, it's gotten a lot darker now because they didn't mean to like hurt that many people. And also, they just killed a dude. They can't tell the police they killed this dude. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so now these two are bonded by basically a big crime. And so now things are getting more intense because the police are starting to get on them that they're slacking off on their traffic job duty and they're assigning them more and more roles. And then there starts to be some conflict between the two people because Glenn is actually focusing more on the traffic cop stuff and the other <laughs> cops are starting to notice and they're like, hey, we ought to be able to promote you pretty soon, you know? And Lance is like, no, you don't want to do that. I swear we'll, we'll get up way faster if you just stick with me but of course he's having glenn stick with him for his own selfish reasons yeah and also there's starting to be some situations where them as undercover drug dealers are running into actual cops and getting in positions where they might have to kill Man, a cop but they can't do that and so then the night is coming the night where they're finally close enough they're going to do business with the big kingpin himself he's going to show up 
they show up and they have their plan hatched. They've managed to like, because you know they won't have weapons around, but they've managed to find a place where they can sneak some weapons because they know where they check for weapons and all that. Yeah, they're making the deal. They pull out their guns. They take the dude. Yeah, have him in their arms, gun pointed at his head. It's like let us out. And then, of course, there's a big song. Yes, of yeah. course, of course. But then, they're they're running away with him. And he's like, we got you. We finally got you. And then the dude rips off a prosthetic nose, and it's an undercover cop because... Oh, snap! My whole, the whole thing I wanted to do with this is there's this hilarious news story that was going around a few years ago. Undercover cops about, arrest... Yeah, under, yeah I saw undercover that. Undercover drug driver. Dude, <laughs> undercover wait, cops so you're telling me that everyone in that room that they thought was a criminal was also an undercover cop? No, just oh, this dude. Okay. <laughs> but this dude was pretending to be the kingpin where he's really like fronting for the actual kingpin who's even harder to get to. Oh, snap. And so it's like, you just ruined a years-long investigation and oh. how all my hard work is ruined because of y'all. Who assigned you guys? They got to be like, uh, we just oh, did this no. ourselves. So they get fired. <laughs> yeah. And so they get fired. And, of course, Glenn was just starting to do well in the forest, but he's fired now. And so you get, you know, a really sad song between the two of them arguing and a really sad song alone. Anyway, <laughs> they're, trying to, they're trying to go about living their normal lives. Glenn is trying to, like, start a family or whatever. Lance is still torn up about this. You know, it's basically the hot rod scene where Rod is dressed in button-down shirt with a shopping cart full of liquor or whatever. <laughs> top 10 movie scene of all <laughs> but then he catches wind from a former friend on the force that they're about to actually go after the big guy but because of some intel he has from dean undercover when he wasn't supposed to he knows that this is actually going to be an ambush and so he has to get glenn together so they can save yes and there's the, the big pump up song where he's got to convince glenn and glenn's like no I'm, I'm basically retired, you know? <laughs> that was the old me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watch HGTV now. <laughs> we did a, we actually, we did a, that's the other thing I forgot to mention. We did a buddy cop sketch with Shama yeah. and Chris Prelitz. Gun and badge, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've even, I didn't exactly direct that. I directed a shot in that though, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> Done so many buddy cop things, but. Hey man. It's a good genre. <laughs> yeah. But the climax is, of course, the two renegade cops coming in and saving the actual cops. Big shootout. They end up being successful. And I want to do a gag where at some point he's out of bullets and there are a bunch of people aiming guns at him. But he taps into the dance training from his parents and he's able to dodge all the bullets by being weird dance moves. Whatever. And then you get a big plovatic song and that's it. That's traffic. Oh, man. God. If this is you at your worst, man, <laughs> guys, uh, another another great episode of Written by. <laughs> I'm going. I, I'm going home and watching Cop Rock. The uh, there's a compilation of all of the music from the show on YouTube, and I've looked into it. I didn't actually buy it, but last I checked, there were still like DVDs of the entire show available on Amazon. Dude, oh man. But yeah, also, man, if I could find it, I will, I will post the. Dude, there's a the cop thread. rock podcast. Really? Yeah, there's a podcast 
Hold on. There's no way. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's just an episode of a podcast. I was like, there's a cop rock <laughs> podcast, man. Dude, Guys. Honestly, if, if we were to ever have a Patreon, that would be, that would be a good like stretch goal. Yeah. It's a bunch of episodes of us reacting to Cop, to Cop Rock. Rock. Yeah, man, we really we we have a lot of ideas for really fun stuff that we want to do. We're just not uh we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. But guys, tell your friends to listen. <laughs> Keep listening. <laughs> we have a lot of fun stuff planned. Um, man, that was so good, dude. Cop Rock changed my life. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> solid episode, I think, man. I this think might so be one too. of our best rival pitch episodes. Honestly. Yeah. Hey. Thank you guys for listening. This this really means the world to us. Yeah, it really does. Also, on our way out, I want I want to show you the courtroom song. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yes. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Hit it. Oh, the, it was a piano. <laughs> it's a piano with the bench. He's guilty, judge, he's guilty. You could see it in his eyes. He did the crime and now he's got to pay. He's guilty, judge, he's guilty. We have seen through all his lies. The time has come to put this boy Expecting me so into this. This is amazing. <laughs> Sonny, the end is coming. I was abused as a child. What? <laughs> I was confused in every way. <laughs> but you got some hard times coming. He didn't know right from wrong. To you, my dear. <laughs> I want to make it clear. Yes, the jury choir. <laughs> My buddy cop movie is called Plan B, Buddy Cop. It's set in a world where everybody's monsters except for the criminals who are human beings. I don't know what I meant by that, but just take that as you will. We see the mayor, he, or not the mayor, the police chief. He's a vampire and his life is in danger. And so he has to activate Plan B, the one thing that's gonna destroy half the city, cost them a ton of money and ammo and have the mayor down his back buddy cops so he puts his ragtag werewolf buddy cop who just doesn't play by the rules with his invisible man who's in a suit and a badge buddy cop who always plays by the rules they don't get along but then they find out they have more in common than they thought they become not only a great team but great friends only for the ending to be a big reveal where one of the the invisible man buddy cop not only is the criminal behind everything happening in the movie but killed wolfie's father this buddy cop movie is super meta and super cool so i gotta pitch a buddy cop movie but i mean what do i do because buddy cop movies have been run into the ground meta comedies about buddy cops have also been run into the ground like i think the final frontier for buddy cops is musical now i know what you're thinking there is an ill-fated limited run show in the 90s called cop rock which is a musical 
police procedural that failed spectacularly because it took itself way too seriously. But we're gonna bring it back and do it right because a comedy cop musical that's got a lot of potential. Cop Rock was a comedy, but it wasn't like supposed to be, but we laugh at it. So why not laugh at it on purpose? So we're doing a comedy about two traffic cops who really want to be more, who really want to be heroes, but they're stuck giving out traffic tickets and delivering traffic. And so they're going undercover to try to take down a drug kingpin, but it all goes awry when the person they're trying to arrest is an undercover cop. And that does it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And now it is up to you, the listener, to vote for which pitch you like the best. Did you like Chase's buddy cop pitch? Did you like my buddy cop pitch the best? Let us know. Go to our Instagram at written by pod on Instagram. Go to our post from today, posted Monday, August 29th. It has the same graphic as what you see in your podcast player for this episode. And leave a comment to cast a vote for which pitch you like the best. Last rival pitch was our Hot Rod 2 episode and Chase Bridges won that episode. So leave your votes for this week. Voting will be open until September 11th. And yeah, as mentioned before, our Instagram is at written by a pod. That is the best place to follow us to keep up to date on everything we're doing. Also, our Twitter is at written by a pod as well. Go check that out. We've been posting, we've been reposting a bunch of fun screenwriting movie memes, that sort of fun stuff. And guys, our email is written by a podcast at gmail. If you have an idea for a story topic you want to go into our bowl that we draw from at the beginning of the From the Bowl episodes, you could email all your suggestions to the email. Also, you could email us suggestions for rival pitch episodes. Is there a movie you want to see us pitch a sequel for? A part of a franchise you want to see our take on? A a genre you want to see us pitch in? Email those ideas to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Also, just a little news, a little behind the scene news on this podcast. We have recorded almost all of the episodes for the rest of the season up until the end of the year. We've been recording pretty far in advance because we have a really special project we're trying to do over this break. So anyway, any of your suggestions we probably won't get to until next season, but send them in anyway. We'd love to hear them and we'll see you next week.